KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Art Power is presenting Indian fusion band Red Bharat, mixing Indian bhangra rhythms, hip-hop, and funk music, March 23rd at the Epstein Family Amphitheater. Tickets and information about upcoming concerts and events at artpower.ucsd.edu. Welcome back to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman. Over the last few years, a lot of us have added one more item to our holiday to-do list, and that is how to minimize the spread of illness, most notably COVID. As we get set to reunite with family and friends for the upcoming holidays, we wanted to get a temperature check on where things stand with not only coronavirus, but also other viruses like the flu. Who else to talk about that, then Dr. Eric Topol, he is the director of the Scripps Research Translational Institute in La Jolla. Dr. Topol, so good to talk to you again. Same here, Jade. Always good to have a chance to have a conversation with you. Yes, yes. So uh, we've become familiar with COVID surges over the past couple of years, uh, particularly around the winter holidays. Uh, will it be the same this year? I mean, what's the current situation with COVID? Well, as you put it, uh, in, ter- in terms of taking a temperature, uh, it's not high right now. Uh, it's on, it's toward the lower side. There is a concern out there that the virus has made a detour from where it was evolving to a whole different path. And we've seen in countries in Europe, um, uh, Iceland and places where this so-called JN1 variant has taken off very quickly. And uh, this is building on that variant we were very worried about a couple of months ago that had you know 50 new mutations in it and at the time that was dismissed because we weren't seeing it um, get legs but right now it seems like it is so it's too early to say Jade right now things are good that what I would do though is to stay protected if you haven't had a booster uh, this XBB15 booster uh, it would be a good time to get one uh, about 19% of the people in the country have had it. It's about the same as the, the first bo- a booster mm-hmm. uh, a year ago. But we need a lot more people, particularly those who are advanced age or have a lot of coexisting conditions, immunocompromised. More people who really would benefit from the COVID booster should go out and get it because we might be seeing some significant trouble in the in the next uh, several weeks. Hmm. And well, I am glad, though, at least for the moment, things are low. Um, I have heard of this concept of COVID weather, uh, this idea to keep an eye on how much the virus is spreading in places where we may be visiting. Is is that a good way to think about this? Well, you know, we're so lucky in San Diego that we don't deal with the extreme winter temperatures and being huddled much more indoors. But yeah, I mean, when I think about traveling to places, that uh, indoor gatherings, large groups, uh, cold weather uh, inducing that, I I think more of the risk. And so that's another reason to get a booster is you're going to be going to places and and you're going to especially going to be in uh, groups uh, that are large places where the ventilation is not good. Um, This is where, uh, you know, keeping the uh, antenna up for risk, uh, because that is definitely a a chance to have a reinfection if you've already had COVID or a new one if somehow you've been spared. Mm. In last year, we heard a lot about the possibility of a triple-demic of COVID, flu and RSV. Did that really come to pass last year? And, and how big of a concern is it today? Well, the today, again, the temperature's relatively low uh, for influenza. 
uh, but it's just still the beginning of that season, if you will. So we don't know if it's going to fare uh, as as better than last year or somewhat worse. But right now, it, it doesn't look you know particularly uh, troublesome. Again, not a reason not to get a flu shot, right? But still, um, it 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 isn't looking like it's going to be a bad flu season. Uh, RSV is the one that has definitely been on the rise, and that of the triple demic, uh, uh, that one um, is still a concern. Hopefully, we're seeing a plateau right now in the country. It's not as bad here in San Diego as it is, uh, particularly in the Northeast. Again, going back to that temperature differential and seasonality aspect, but um, yeah, and we and we do have ways to prevent RSV in older adults um, and. Uh, uh, antibodies and in, in uh, babies and uh, vaccines that are available. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. Of the of the three right now, RSV is actually the one that's most uh, problematic. Right. So lots of preventative uh, advancements being made. Uh, another ongoing piece, though, of the COVID puzzle is long COVID, and there seems to be more research coming out on its effects. Can you tell us about that? Well, I'm really glad you brought that up, Jade, because this is a this is such a big deal. Um, we have so many millions of uh, Americans that are suffering uh, and significantly disabled. Uh, there was a report uh, this week in the New York Times that showed the big spike in disability related to long COVID um, that's occurred. And although the the chance of getting long COVID now with a with a reinfection or a new infection is lower than it used to be because our immunity has been built up over time. This is you know, a dreadful situation since we have no treatment. So what we've done really well in these years is understanding the different mechanisms by which the virus can um, lead to sustained uh, and really problematic uh, uh, adverse outcomes, not just symptoms, but you know, affecting many different of the body systems, including uh, the, the the nervous system and the heart and um, kidney and others. Uh, so this is a problem we don't have a treatment for. So, you know, we make this great progress on understanding mechanism, but we still are wanting desperately for effective treatments. We know how to prevent it. Just obviously, if you never get COVID or you don't have a reinfection and you've not had um COVID, that's the only prevention we have. But also things like metformin, Paxlovid have shown some evidence that they help prevent uh, long COVID. But treatment is a different story. And it's very frustrating that we haven't seen uh, anything uh, proving a treatment that, you know, validated to help. Hmm. Are doctors at this point even able to spot uh, when someone is suffering long COVID? Another good one, uh, Jay, because that's the other deficiency. It's not as bad as not having a treatment, but having a biomarker or blood test, uh, which we don't have for long COVID. There's many that have been proposed, like uh, antibodies directed against oneself, um, certain cellular markers and other inflammatory uh, substances, but none of them are practically available. None of them have gone into a, a scale at test. We hope you know, in the months ahead, certainly sometime next year, that there will be a blood test that would be helpful, not only to make the diagnosis, but also if you institute a treatment to use that test to see whether or not it's really working. So that's another missing link in the long COVID story. 
You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman speaking with Dr. Eric Topol to talk about the current state of viruses this holiday season. Um, Dr. Topol, another infectious disease that's been a reoccurrence recently in San Diego is Mpox. The county reported 11 new cases last month and more cases have been reported in the past two weeks. What can you tell us there? Well, that's been another problem amidst the pandemic. Uh, you know, we have a vaccine and, you know, we had it uh, under wrap to some degree. And now, as you've mentioned, we got some recrudescence of this. So, um, you know, we know the things that work. We just got to use them. It's just like everything else. You know, all these uh, conditions we've been talking about, these infectious diseases, we actually have ways to prevent it. We have, um, you know, good ways. Uh, we just don't use them. And they are not just the vaccines, but the non-pharmacologic, the non-vaccine interventions. And I'd like to turn to discussing the vaccines for these various viruses. First, the newest COVID vaccine. I've heard that n- that not as many people are, are getting that one, correct? Well, that was the case as of a couple of days ago. Okay. But the update from uh, the uh, government is that we're right on the same uh, as we were a year ago. That isn't great, though, Jade. I mean, it's, you know, 19% of the people um, uh, who would be eligible uh, have gone ahead. But um, it isn't as bad as you might have projected because there's such terrible pandemic fatigue. People are just so fed up. People are just thinking the pandemic is over. Well, you know, maybe it, the rip-roaring side of the pandemic is over, but it's still endemic and still could get uh, significant in, in the times ahead. So um, the, I do think that, um, you know, the, the uptake is low, but it's actually the new data suggests that it's at least about the same as it was a year ago. So some of us were worried it would even be substantially worse. Uh, it isn't worse uh, at this point. And how about the flu vaccine? Do we have a clearer picture of how effective uh, that is this year? Well, there's some good things there. The flu vaccine appears to be more effective than it has been in a number of years. And the number of people taking it is uh, substantially higher than the COVID um, updated uh, booster vaccine. So, you know, that may be one of the reasons why flu seems to be at least so far in check. But um, the matchup of the vaccine with the circulating variant does appear to be improved compared to some of the years where it seemed to to be a pretty significant gap. And, um, you know, many doctor's offices are offering COVID and flu vaccines at the same time. Do you recommend getting them both uh, like that? Well, to tell you the truth, I went ahead and did it separately. Um, You know, I did the flu vaccine and then about 10 days later, I had the COVID. The reason I did that um, is uh, I think the data to show that it's fine to give both the same uh, at the same time. It's okay, but I wouldn't say it's definitive. And I want to get the max. If I'm going to go get a shot, I want to get the max immunity built. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to have any kind of competition for uh, the target. But it's fine for convenience to do that. I'm a stickler for kind of hard data. And I have to say, you know, having a few hundred people looking at their antibody response, it, it isn't convincing to me. Um, and if it isn't too much of a hassle, I actually think it's good to go separately. And uh, any advice in terms of the vaccines for MPOX and RSV and who should be getting them? 
Well, there are many people over 65 who are getting the uh, RSV vaccine, and that's where it's recommended. Uh, in light of that, it's out there, and it can get people who are older pretty significantly ill. That should be contemplated. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the uh, um, pregnancy uh, vaccine and also the antibody against RSV, uh, prophylactic preventive antibody, those things should be considered as well. So we have some uh, good tools we've never had before, Jade, against RSV. And, you know, a lot of the people out there don't have enough respect for respiratory syncytial virus and that it can cause a, a, an illness that's very serious, like uh, flu, um, you know, perhaps not as bad as, as COVID in, at full force, but it's, it, it leads to a significant number of hospitalizations and deaths in this country, particularly in, in newborns and in people of advanced age. You know, you start getting over 70, 75 years age, you start to see, you know, RSV impact. It's not trivial at all. So getting those vaccines in the right people and use of the antibody um, is something to keep uh, in mind. Mm. Finally, I mean, aside from the vaccines we spoke about, what are some things we should be keeping in mind as we uh, make our holiday plans this year, uh, start to mingle with friends and family uh, when it comes to our health? Well, Thanksgiving's not too far away. And um, right now, you know, at least here in San Diego, we're in a relatively good state. So, um, you know, it doesn't mean you should let down, but at least... Um, you know, we're not probably in the next week or 10 days, you know, going to see some big jump in the circulating virus. On the other hand, I think all bets are off by end towards the end of December, Jay, because things are in flux. If this variant that we're seeing in Europe light up, if it starts to become a, a one that can induce a lot of hospitalizations, especially then by the end of December, we could start seeing that here. So we got to always keep up with the latest evolution of this virus. It's not done with us yet, but at least for now, at least through Thanksgiving and the good part of early part of December, we're in pretty good shape. But, you know, whenever you are out there, you know, if you can stay away from large crowds indoors, especially in places that are indoors, not well ventilated, um, you know, not with the good filtration of air, um, when you're in public transportation, airports, on flights, you know, don't give up on the things that we know work. I've been speaking with Dr. Eric Topol of the Scripps Research Translational Institute in La Jolla. Dr. Topol, as always, thank you so much for your insight. Thank you, Jade. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego Osher Lifelong Learning Institute, hosting an open house to learn about the upcoming classes and seminars, member benefits, and meet the volunteer leadership team. Saturday, March 30th. Registration at extendedstudies.ucsd.edu slash O-L-L-I.